What's up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown podcast edition. This is episode 36. This is the January 2020 episode. I'm sitting down this morning with TCC President Rob Roach, VP of Sales AJ Pacharka, and Market Development Specialist Nicole Greenberg for the first time. Good morning, guys and girl. Welcome, Good Nicole. morning. Thank Welcome. you, guys. I can't see the guys anymore. I got to include the, include the girl <laughs> in there, too. Keep it all universal. Welcome to 2020. How's everybody doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Can't complain. It's a new year, so we better enter it with optimism. This is this is officially the third year of the TCC podcast. Wow. Started in 2018. Wow. wow. I think April's Jeez. April is the first one, so that'll be our, our three year. Or and two this year. is our brightest episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got like a camera. You guys are all glowing like aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine what I look like. But uh, what's 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 new? What's happening? How we how we feeling going into 2020 here? I know we did a little bit of a wrap up of 2019 and kind of a little intro to 2020 in the in the December episode. But how are we uh, feeling now that it's officially 2020? Seems like this is my first workday back since we had our last episode. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> With the way the holidays fell, it seems like everybody took uh, the last half of December off and even into the first part of January here. But um, yeah. just getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, same. I just, I feel bloated, you know, two weeks of eating and drinking and, you know, working, but not a lot, you know, not a lot going on. You know, there was, there wasn't a lot of people to contact. Seemed like for the first time there was a real downturn at the end of December with no, you know, no communication, no sales. People would place their orders if they needed them, but companies shut down two weeks this year. So um, really, I think Monday the 6th, I think, is probably when things are going to really start to kick in. Yeah, I think the Wednesday holiday is kind of weird. Companies just take it as a kind of two-week hiatus, shut the plant down, do maintenance or cleanup or whatever the case might be. It seems like it was right. pretty quiet. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people here, even at TCC, had to travel home long distances, you know, to be with family. So sort of makes sense. They need that time. Yeah. And obviously, uh, Nicole Greenberg sitting down for the first time. Appreciate you being on this morning. Well, thanks for having me. Um, as part of our kind of growing inside sales efforts, um, I don't know if you want to maybe introduce yourself a little bit and kind of what you've been working on and your day-to-day. So I came on to TCC back in April. Um, I had I kind of consider myself a hybrid because I was brought on to operations first and then was able to transition into inside sales. So I have a unique perspective on kind of the day-to-day functions of you know, the ladies in the office who make it happen. And then I've been working closely with the guys, um, obviously Ben, AJ, Javi, um, you know, inside sales, sales wise, and, uh, get to see how that role functions. So it's, it's been a nice transition and, um, being able to see kind of how the two, uh, parts of the job flow together and, you know, really work to make the magic happen. Yeah. I think you can speak for most of the sales team saying that's good having someone in that role kind of dedicated every day looking at tying technology and, and new products that we have coming on and growing existing products. It seems like it's been a good good fit, and we're looking forward to expanding that. Yeah, definitely. Do you think it worked out well? Because, I mean, you brought institutional knowledge to sales that probably you wouldn't have if you just jumped right into sales. I mean, loading trucks, you know, pounds, kilos, super sacks, small bags, weights, et cetera. I mean, that's got to help some. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have done it any other way, hmm. to be honest. Um, I think coming into it is intimidating enough not having a traditional chemical background and being able to kind of see the different products, how they're managed, um, who, you know, how they're brought in, what kind of challenges you can face on the operations side, really give you a unique perspective going into more of a sales role. Um, 
uh, to take all that into consideration. Hmm. So, you know, I think it was super beneficial. That's great. And it was convenient for us, too, because we lost somebody at that time and needed the coverage. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, thank you. And, so, then, and then one other obvious thing is that Nicole's going to have a baby. Yes. Pretty well, soon. I mean, you know, we, <laughs> the, you the, probably the, can't yeah. see it, but <laughs> we're we're under a hundred days now. So wow. Yeah, I know. Congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. Thank so we'll you be missing much. her for a couple mo- few months, but yeah. uh, that's all right. Baby needs the time. Yeah, you, you can't get rid of me that quick. Uh, but so jumping into 2020, I think one of the biggest kind of lingering things coming out of 2019 and something that I think a lot of people expect still to be going on in 2020 and something we got to keep an eye on is the the really global trade flow and, and kind of issues in different regions. Obviously, the biggest one at the U.S. is the, the China situation, mm-hmm. um, a, a quote unquote phase one deal is supposed to be signed mid-January. Obviously, we'll see if that actually comes to fruition, but that's kind of the plan now. People saying it's not really going to change a whole lot day to day, but at least we'll kind of ease the tensions and kind of be a show of good faith to, to come into a resolution at some point, you know, in the coming year. Seems like it's the first step towards any kind of resolution, right? I mean, this has yeah. been a long time coming, I think, for the phase one deal. So just to keep it simple, we're still paying what twenty five percent everything yes. that imports from China. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that the phase one will change much as it affects the chemical industry, right? I mean, it basically just stops. I think future escalation. They're kind of saying, "Hey, we're gonna come to an agreement. We're gonna let's talk this out. Let's figure out what's best for both sides." But mm. it's still kind of status quo for business operations and tariffs and things like that, mm. as far as we know at this point. Um, it's been interesting the last, I guess, couple of days and kind of wrap ups of twenty nineteen, looking at data and GDP. I mean, the U.S. stock market's up. Other than that, when you look at the comparison, I mean, really, the U.S. hasn't made out very well. Mm. Um, it it kind of seems like as we're kind of wrapping up. But the, the stock year. market is unbelievable. It's yes. almost like, it almost feels like in 2008 when you could just sign and get a loan for a million dollars, you know, like it was, it's surreal, you know, like at that time, like, you know, they, you could get a loan without income, without having a job, without ha- I mean, it was surreal and I saw a lot of people get caught up in that and fail. And it almost feels like this, you know, every day is a new record. It's, it's, it almost feels surreal about the stock market. And, and uh, so I don't know. It makes me a little nervous for sure, you know. And then where, where do we go from here? I think that's what everybody's asking. Like, I mean, we keep breaking records. Are we going to go to 30,000, 35,000? Um, you know, there's no doubt that. Apple's doing well and they're selling a lot of phones and they're a star of the, you know, of, of all the stocks right now. But, you know, uh, the values are, you know, greater than mid-sized countries of these businesses now. It's unbelievable. So, yep. um, but anyway, that, you know, that was the only thing when I, when I look at the stock market and every day it's up 140 points to, you know, just under 28,000. Wow. You know, this is unbelievable, you know, yep. um, so it does it does it just doesn't feel right. And it seems like the one thing that the US China whole situation has told pretty much any company is, you know, as we always talk about with security of supply, um, whether it's raw materials you're getting from China, you know, make sure you have other sources. If it's something you're producing in China, make sure there's capabilities mm. elsewhere in the world because stuff happens, um, you know, whether it's trade or God forbid a plant explodes or something like that. Mm. You got to really make sure your supply chains are as secure as possible. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing it on, in our, just on our business level, like, you know, in Latin America, in Europe and, you know, other Asia, the amount, the cheapness of goods from China and they're just dumping this stuff in. So I guess it's kind of good news for us that things will at least remain status 
quo, but it's not good for the rest of the world in that they're going to still get this tidal wave of goods from China because they can't ultimately end up in the USA without, you know, a significant tariff burden. Yep. So that's not really good news for everyone else that's um, trying to compete in, in a world market with uh, with these Chinese that have these drastic, um, you know, massive plants that they just need to keep pumping out product from. So um, it's a, and also, you know, back to, again, on our company scale, December was horrible. I mean, it was our worst December in years, yet the stock market continues to go up. And, it, and I'm, I'm talking to CEOs and presidents of other companies. All of them are telling me the same thing. It was not a good year yep. and it was a horrible end. So something's not sort of lining up here with, uh, you know, you would expect with a, a record stock market that you'd have, you know, record sales, record, you know, prices even because demand would be so high, but it's just not, it's not lining up. Yep. And that'll be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, today's Friday. So by the time this will come out, it'll be kind of the first full week of January. Um, you know, everyone should be back to work. Plants should be back up and running. We'll see kind of how busy it is or maybe not busy. You well, know, you know, I don't know how long we want to further this conversation, but I, I, we already see a strong January. So, yep. you know, I, I think there's some pent up demand here. You know, I definitely feel that we're going to have a strong first quarter, even a strong January. Um, but I think that's because people have been sort of, um, lowering inventories and being more cautious and there's going to be hopefully that demand kick in and i think you know based on a you know our office meeting this morning if you have local inventory it's going to get sold you know it's going to their people are going to need it yeah. people aren't planning those long term uh supply chains like they used to from china etc tariffs concern over the economy etc so um, that's why we're building our inventories and, and making sure we're, we have our, our customers covered. I think that's a good bridge, too, and kind of what we're seeing for 2020 as a whole. I mean, I think January is a good time to put goals in place, start thinking about what's coming up for the year, what we're looking to accomplish, new things. Um, you know, what are some of the top trends and expectations you guys have for, for the upcoming year? I know security supply is a big thing. I think yeah. we see a lot of companies focusing on their sustainability initiatives and the whole circular economy, you know, being able to reuse different products that are being produced. Um, you know, what are some of the big things? Well, sitting up here today, year? it's the escalation with Iran, with the killing of uh, the uh, Soleimani or whatever this morning. I mean, yep. we've already seen oil go from, you know, low 60s where it was up from 54 to 63 and change or, you know, within hours of this information coming out. It's scary, you know. So security to supply is, is what we offer as a service in, in supplying our customers and that we try and you know, navigate the geopolitical issues of the world in, in, in order to make sure our customers are supplied when they need it at a fair price. And so this is going to be another important year for supply security, I think. Yep. I don't know, AJ, you deal with a lot of, you know, obviously you manage a big product coming from China and you kind of oversee a lot of different imports from different regions. I mean, what's kind of the, the temperature, you know, how, how are suppliers and people kind of globally feeling about sales and trade and wanting to, you know, bolster relationships and things like that? Has it been people are eager to do business? Is it kind of taking a step back? Uh, the, the the Chinese, I feel, are very eager to do business. They want to ship product here because there's you know less of it coming here than, than yeah. in the past. Um, kind of on a micro level, we're seeing a lot of tightness on vessel schedules. We're coming up to the Chinese uh, Spring Festival where they essentially just shut down. Um, I think it's January 24th through the 30th or something like that. But um, yeah, so if you don't have stuff on the water by now, um, you know it's probably not going to be here for another ten to twelve weeks with the with the uh, you know with the vessel tightness and and uh, the the shutdown coming up in China. Um, 
but yeah, they're, they're eager to do business. Um, you know, a lot of folks here are eager for <laughs> other sources outside of, outside of China. Um, but other than that, our our business from from China is pretty status quo because most of what we buy is is really only available there. Yeah. You're looking across the pond, the Atlantic to Europe. I mean, they're desperate for volumes for the U.S. I mean, things are really slow. Um, demand is really off in Europe, and uh, they need to place it elsewhere. And also, demand is off in China. So whatever was going to China needs to find a home, and that was that was capacities were built specifically for China. And now because of uh, U.S. trade tensions, we're not shipping from the U.S. as much to China. Yep. And as well, um, you know, the Europeans are seeing a slower economy in China, so they're not shipping as much. So it's kind of a big, sh you know, a shuffle on where to put volumes and keep plants. So I think that what, again, uh, some of the security supply this year that you should be looking at is um, – uh, are the capacities of this world going to remain consistent? I think you're going to see what we saw in 08, 09, which is rationalization. And Nicole, I think from an inside sales perspective, I know you personally, as well as you and working with other people, you know, oversee and, and are doing yourself, you know, cold calling and looking for new uh, business and things like that. I mean, what's kind of the, the temperature some people you're talking to? Are people excited to, you know, look for a new source? Is it kind of hesitation? Has it been difficult? What's kind of your attitude towards it all? So, I've found that a lot of people are looking for domestic sources of supply as opposed to importing just because they're saying, well, with the tariffs and, you know, price increases and even lead times, I think that um, – and even they just want a second source supply within the U.S. that they can rely on because they're like, well, if something happens, you know, I, I, I need a backup. Yep. Um, so I've seen a lot of that, but – it's tough because I think some people are just putting their feelers out um, if they haven't already run into a, a situation where they need to call on that. Um, but I think we'll definitely see more of that, especially in the, the coming months as things start to tighten up. So, yeah. Which I think goes back to what you said with having inventory locally, you know, having inventory uh, you know, in stock versus looking at lead times and imports and things like that. Yeah, I, th I think that businesses, um, the capacity of businesses today are so massive that they they have to react to a slowdown with turning back, you know, volumes or actually turning them off. Yep. We saw that in 08, 09. We're now, you know, 10 plus years past that with new capacities, greater capacities, larger capacities. And, and so I think that uh, there's going to be some disturbing um, rationalizations, you know, disturbing of the market rationalizations in, in this year because you simply can't, you know, it's you know they call it economic force majeure, but you you know you can can't continue to sell stuff at a loss. Yep. It's massive volumes every month at a loss. So um, honestly, yeah, I think we're at a low right now in terms of pricing, and we're going to be moving up from here based on um, capacity rationalization and and probably some the geopolitical increased geopol geopolitical risk. Yeah. And, one thing, and the effect of that. I think one thing to mention quick, too, and maybe do a, a separate episode or maybe feature on the next episode when Javier is back, is the U.S. MCA agreement, the, the new NAFTA, mm. uh, as they're calling it, passed through the House. I guess it's in the Senate now, looking at approvals um, from articles and things that are out. It seems like 80 to 90% of it's kind of the same. You know, if it was zero tariff, it is still zero tariff moving through mm -hmm. the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Um, but something to keep an eye on to see how that approval process goes and, you know, how it's really going to affect um, you know, especially the U.S. and Mexico relations. Absolutely. And then there was also this recent thing with France, uh, the luxury goods from France to be, you know, yep. tariffed, and there's a lot of tit for tat for, you know, different rules and, and, and you know, changes in, in Europe 
you know, we're tariffing products based on the internet changes and, you know, blockading U.S. companies or, you know, not allowing U.S. companies to participate and things like that. So you just you have to pay attention to the news every day. We'd almost have to do like a daily podcast to keep up with all this trade <laughs> stuff. And it, it changes that fast. It's unbelievable. Yeah, we could focus on any one of those things and have a full podcast about it. Uh, price updates and trends coming into January, coming into 2020. Seems like stuff's maybe up a little bit uh, coming into January. Crude oil is up. Nat gas is kind of flat. Uh, obviously, the stock market was up coming into December. Um, you guys kind of agree? Seems like things are coming up a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. What yeah, you flat to up, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. You know, um, not nothing. You know, nothing setting the world on fire. But I'd say everything's pretty pretty flat to up right now. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, I'd agree with that. It's you know it's. There is some tightness in certain markets, but, you know, other than that, I think what we're going to see is, uh, you know, coming February, March with um, if crude oil remains at this, you know, 60, 65 level, it, you know, things are going to come up because all the things that are based off of petroleum will, will obviously move up. So yep. um, you probably should anticipate higher prices. Feature products on our end coming into January. Um, obviously, we're, we're excited and looking forward to moving our whole portfolio of plasticizers um, in 2020. Um, biggest one and one of our big focuses now is DINP. Right. Um, excited to move both bulk and packaged material, um, you know, especially January, February. Um, definitely one we're, we're ready to talk about, ready to move. Yeah, I mean, the DINP, the high phthalates panel, um, which include Exxon Mobil, uh, Technary Apex, Avonic, uh, submitted uh, testing, U.S. testing, tox testing. Um, I, I think if you're in the plasticizer or, or flexible vinyl world, you'd know that ECHA already gave the uh, blessing to DIMP and things other than toys in Europe. Um, it's, you know, there's been a lot of marketing that's created headwinds for DINP, but really the only uh, issue today is the fact that you have to label it if it goes to California. Um, and that's, but there are three specific use determinations, uh, carpet backing, roofing, and tile that doesn't need labeling. So already there's been some weakness in the, you know, in the applications, I would say, or there's been some weakness in the uh, enforcement of the labeling in the fact that there's specific use determinations. So there's not exposure to DIMP, which I have to repeat, they're, they're, the exposure of DIMP so far is irrelevant to our health um, in, in, for the most part. So um, there, there's been a shale gas ethylene play to go to DOTP to make money off these, it's, it's just not as good a plasticizer. DOTP is not as good as plasticizer as DIMP. That's generally known. So we're just trying to let everybody know that DIMP is still needed in flexible vinyl because the demand is there, the world scale plants are there, um, and we have that product. And it's 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 interesting to see just at the end of last year how so many companies that had switched to DOTP came back to us and said, "We want to get back into DIMP. We're having problems. We're having issues with our finished goods. Our customers are complaining. We want to. We really want to focus back on DIMP and have done so." So. Uh, it's it's kind of exciting for us to see those headwinds wane and get back into having technical, you know, um, real discussions, not emotional discussions about the plasticizers that we sell. Um, so it's you know we're excited to continue with Ivonic in 2020. 
and uh, and promote this product. I think historically there's been a lot of bad info out there about phthalates and DINP and you know the last maybe Q3, Q4, 2019, a lot of good info is coming out, a lot of actual you know scientific data coming out saying that these plasticizers are you know okay to use. Absolutely. Um, so a lot of good info coming out. We'll put our own page up with you know info that's come out from these reports um, and put that info out there. So it'll be good to yeah. that'll, that'll be coming soon. I mean we don't want to say ours is is less toxic than anyone else's or whatever. I mean, you know, it's we're humans, you know, the the chemi- chemistry in our environment builds up in our bodies in different ways. And um, you know, to say something's a non-phthalate therefore it's not toxic is it goes against science, the rule of science. You really just don't know unless you do the testing. And this is a product that's been around for how long? I mean, you know, 40 plus years. Yep. Um and uh and really, like, let's get back to a technical discussion. Let's talk about a technical discussion. The best general purpose plasticizer available, okay, is probably DIMP, I would say, most commercially available, best performing general purpose. Um, doesn't have the labeling requirements of DOP, doesn't have the migration issues at DOTP, doesn't have, you know, it's, 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 it's an excellent product. So let's get back to talking technical. Yep. Uh, events, trade shows, conferences coming up. I know. Thanksgiving to New Year's-ish is always pretty quiet on the trade show front, um, but now it's January, and I think spring is definitely a busy time for for those shows. Um, so a couple good things coming up, maybe more, more towards February. Yeah, so we have the World of Concrete, February 3rd through 6th. Ben and AJ, yours truly, will be walking that. Um, anyone going to be in that area attending that show, feel free to give them a buzz, set up some meetings, schedule some fun stuff. Yeah, they, really, they really just want to go to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll golf with you if you guys want to do it. I know Let it's us not. Know. Yeah, the weather should be good there for that. It is a, uh, that's, a, that's a massive show, though. I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, actually get there and see what it's like day to day at that show. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it'll be my first time there, so I'm, I'm anxious to, to see what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure you guys will have fun. Um, the International Roofing Expo, that is February 3rd through 5th. We have Ken and Corey representing TCC. They'll be walking. Um, following that, we have the Specialty and Custom Chemicals America show in Fort Worth, Texas, February 10th through 13th. Um, we're going to have a booth there, so look out for TCC on that one. And that's a great show. I think we saw an email come out that it was they were like 30% ahead of where their registrations were from the year wow. before. This is wow. the second year it's been in Texas. So they have the Texas version and the South Carolina version. Uh, so second year that it's been in Texas at expecting it to be very well attended. Um, It's good to see a chemical show being successful. Yeah, definitely. Um, We have the NACD Southern Regional Meeting, February 24th through the 26th, and Corey Mullins will be attending that conference. Um, The big one, AFPM, March 29th through April 1st in New Orleans. Um, We've got several attendees from TCC going to that. Um, There's going to be an awesome golf outing and cocktail party. I know everyone's looking Mm -hmm. forward to that. Um, And a ton of meetings set up across the board for everyone. So expecting to have an awesome turnout to that. Um, New Year's always marks kind of a really start date to start putting AFPM meetings on the book. So obviously as we're starting to look at that, if anyone out there is going to the AFPM, by all all means reach out to either your TCC sales contact or we have events at thechemco.com to to schedule a meeting. Um, So please reach out. Looking forward to starting setting those up. Awesome. And last but not least, we also have the American Coding Show, March 31st through April 2nd in Indianapolis. We have a booth for that. Um, and we, I mean, there's a good amount of attendees for that as well. I know it kind of overlaps with AFPM. It does. But um, we've, I think we've got a good system for coverage on both sides and looking forward to seeing everyone there. Yeah. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what attendance looks like. I mean, there's a little bit of overlap with the AFPM, you know, maybe kind of different focuses too, but we'll see if people are going to go do both or, you know, maybe one's a little less well attended than the other. I know in our company, some some are doing both, you know. Mm-hmm. Some are leaving a little early and getting yep. to Indianapolis and to take advantage of the show. Some are leaving just on time, but yep. it is uh, it is uh, an overlap, and it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how people handle that. I think the other interesting, too, is that AFPM is in New Orleans this year versus San Antonio. Yeah. So that may affect, you know, people may take a year off they don't like or want to go to New Orleans, whatever the case might be. So Right, you know. right. Or maybe they want to go to New Orleans yeah. and it might boost the number of people there. But what I find is if the um, chemical economy is doing very well, AFPM, EPCA, APEC, APLA are gangbusters. And as soon as there's sort of some softness, which, you know, we're hearing a lot of um, – Companies are cost cutting, cutting out travel expenses, et cetera. I think it might be a little weaker of a year um, this year at AFPM. So you know we'll see. But uh, New Orleans is a it's a great spot to visit. So it might motivate some. Might do the opposite. Some people, you're right. Some people just don't like it. Yep. You know, so they might not go. Yep. But we'll be there. We have golf. We have cocktail parties. We have dinners. We'll be so there. We'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and wrapping things up, so inside sales or inside uh, TCC news and kind of things going on with us. Uh, obviously, excited to to welcome a new EHNS hire yep, within the company. Alex Riel, she's starting. Uh, she started um, this year, and uh, Karen Benson, our general counsel, has been covering our EHNS, uh, you know, for about the last what four or five months or so. So excited to find the right candidate and to have her aboard, and um, you know, more and more documents to fill out, more and more. Uh, verifications and quality audits and everything. So she, it's a really important position in TCC. Glad to have her. Yep. And then that seems like things are, are going pretty well personnel-wise, and our, the property looks great, you know, doing some little things here and there on the property, but it seems like all else is going pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it's nice to have sort of a, um, a warmer winter now. We sort of yeah. got slammed with a, a real cold winter, a lot of snow and ice, and uh, right around before Christmas it sort of broke and we've been – Sort of what six degrees Celsius, forties, forty-five degrees Fahrenheit, somewhere in there. Like, been nice. You know, it's comfortable to be outside with a jacket on, and so it came in like a bull, and sort of maybe, hopefully, I'll go out like a lamb. I could do some snow though. I could get up on some skis, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there's pretty good snow in Vermont right now. Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. yeah. But that, you got to go north. That, that crazy ocean landscape. We get two inches. Vermont gets. Two feet. That's right. It's crazy. That's right. <laughs> Drive three hours. It's totally different. Anything else? Wrapping things up. Not excited for the new year, uh, twenty twenty. AJ made a good point about you know signing checks and things right now, and you know don't put just twenty. Yeah. Because people could put twenty sixteen or whatever. I don't know what the point of that was, but it seems to make sense. You know. It's yeah. Just write the whole year out twenty twenty. Don't just put you know one slash three slash twenty. Just. A- Security thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Security supply. There's kind of contracts, all that stuff. Yeah, just contracts. Cover the bases. Yeah, being aware in your contracts. Yeah, I mean that. I think that would be probably more important. Like, look at our contracts from 2012. You know, like. <laughs> Are they even no, saying just go- put 20? <laughs> yeah, they're saying like 2009 people could put. I mean, that's yeah. they're like you know just why even create a headache? Just you know yeah. write the extra two numbers. Yep. <laughs> this is a little bit like the turn of the century. Remember that panic about Y2K. Y2K. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Less of a panic for this one. Uh, but as always, appreciate you guys sitting down this morning. And Nicole, thank you for joining us for the first time. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. It, was, it was fun. Let's make her a regular. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but as always, appreciate you listening. Uh, the podcasts are available wherever you do stream your podcasts. Uh, the iTunes, the Android uh, podcast store. Uh, we do have them up on the, the chemco.com slash podcast. Um, as always, thank you to the Kettlebottom Creative guys for the uh, recording, for the video. Uh, always a pleasure working with you guys. Um, and we will catch you next month. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.